We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, hotties? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time in Matthew Spinauer and Theo Ash. We have a great episode planned for you all today. We're going to talk about some of the NBA masterclasses that have been put on recently by guys like Donovan Mitchell and Luca and Jan. It's been an absolute crazy stretch that we've had. But before we get into all that, Matt, Theo... How are you guys doing today? Theo, I'm glad to see that you're back home safe and sound and that you've been all over the place. I've been all over the place. I've been sliding down hills in the snow, navigating blizzards in my car, getting stuck. It's been crazy here in Flagstaff over the last couple of days, but it's not snowing today. I drove to the Y. I played basketball by myself because there was no one else there because everyone oh. else is working. But I have a job as a podcaster, so I'm basically unemployed. And I was just working on my post game um, at the Y earlier today, and I, I feel like I could I could drop nothing. I don't feel like I could 71. drop seventy one. No, I don't feel like I. To be honest, I, I don't feel like I could drop seventy one in any league anywhere uh, at the moment. Maybe off the bench, I could I could grab. I could have a, a 10 rebound game, but uh, I, I don't think I'm dropping 70 anytime soon. So, uh, but if you need someone on the low block, I'm your guy. <laughs> valid, valid. Matt, how are you doing? Doing all right. Pretty regular day. Nothing to report. <laughs> so, I always think of that, the meme of you, nothing to smile about. <laughs> have no, you found it's just any, a normal day, Bladen. Have you found <laughs> any beauty in the mundane things today? Nope. No <laughs> beauty today at all. Like, I, I don't know. Incredibly mundane day. I've just been trying to learn route concepts for the NFL. So I've been watching a bunch of videos on that. What's your, what's your favorite route concept so far? Texas, maybe. I'm not that far through. But okay. those also are broken and Madden, so maybe that's why. <laughs> those are nice. Yeah. I'm a big... I'm a big smash concept fan right now because they're easy to identify you just got the little the little hitch and then the Mm -hmm. the the corner up top and when you hit the corner on those like the little hole shot in the cover too yeah it's the prettiest it's the prettiest play there is when you can hit that corner and smash matt's favorite play to run in madden is smash (laughs) it's smash and like fullback dive fullback dive rules Fullback dad <laughs> does rule. Um, smash is also just particularly good. Like sometimes I don't even run the actual smash concept, but that play with the tight end down on the post, I mean, you can almost always read whether or not the linebacker is going to be there for that. And then you can run a slant and they've got that Y just going up the seam and 
it's yeah, it's, it's good not plot. that's it's, not smash anymore no. but <laughs> oh i mean it, it's still smash it's just the one side of that concept a lot of times you can oh, right, right, right. the slant into or the the pitch into a slant and kind of run it differently i think it was madden i can't remember what madden it was but me and my friend would run fullback dive the entire game it's all we would do <laughs> We do, we do coaching adjustments. We would take the holding penalties at times, but we'd turn blocking on aggressive and just fullback <laughs> dive on online opponents the entire game. Good Lord. It was awesome. We'd get so many people to force quit because they'd, they'd just stack the box, but we could still pick up like three. We went for it on every fourth <laughs> down, and it was always like fourth and two or fourth and one, and like we'd get it every time. It was awesome. Fullback dive, incredibly underrated Madden play. Establishing the run, underrated. <laughs> Establishing thing to do. the run in the yeah. most. <laughs> how many times way do you possible. think you? How many times, like Bladen doesn't know any. If you've ever played Madden with Bladen, you know he doesn't believe in establishing the run. But I, d- I established the run. It's just an inside that. zone. <laughs> I have you never do seen it. Establish the run. <laughs> I do. I've a, never I seen do, it. You're I one of these, these kids now. That reminds me of the kids I saw at the Hall of Fame one time. Their friend oh, ran on brother. first down and they're like, what are you doing? Why would you run there? It's like, what? And I almost went over and said something. <laughs> you got to stay gotta ahead get, of you, that. <laughs> you have to stay ahead of schedule there, boys. Your win percentage goes up to 95% if you run the ball 40 times, fellas. So get on the ground and get going. <laughs> you grabbed him by the collar and you dragged him over to the Franco Harris bust. And you said, what would he say to you right now? I dragged him over to the Walter Payton bust. He did talk to their parents. <laughs> Just to let you know, your kid... He doesn't respect not, the game. Why is he here? He doesn't respect the game. <laughs> In the hollowed grounds of Canton, Ohio, you question he doesn't respect the trenches. First down. Oh my god! Why are they playing the Madden? Can you just play Madden at the Hall of Fame? Is there yeah, they have, they have a little setup there, just for the bored kids. You don't want to look at all the gloves and jerseys. The like, the like one of the hundred, hundred the Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame is pretty sweet. <laughs> and you'd rather play Madden? I just. You can there's Madden at home. There's Madden at home. <laughs> there is Madden. At home. Go look at your. Go study your Packers history. Go look at all the Packers in the Hall of Fame. All go right. look at all the Browns in the Hall of Fame. Your That's assignment. Really your assignment. Yeah, all, all the Browns wing has got to be the, like in the bathroom or something. One of the stalls. <laughs> yeah, it's the Browns wing of the Hall of Fame. Bang! No. Yes, <laughs> we got them. Actually. I, I like the big board they have of like every team's record every year. I, I, I love looking at like the old teams every time and, and all that stuff. It's pretty, they've got good stuff there. Hall of Fame sweet. Yeah, it's sick. But we're not here to talk about football today. We're here to talk about basketball. And uh been a lot of crazy performances going on, especially with my Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell dropped 71, an absolute ludicrous performance. And it was like the most efficient 70-point game ever. Nothing Mickey Mouse about that one, man. That was <laughs> a, that was a crazy one. I didn't watch the game in real time, but going back and watching all the buckets that he had, you know, the NBA posted like the compilation of every point he scored. Just like ridiculous basket after ridiculous. <laughs> it was like he probably had 50 points just from step backs in that game. It was stupid watching him. Yeah, I mean, I you, you see the take of people, be, they don't play defense nowadays. And I, I have a hard time imagining that that take is, is built off anything other than just box score watching. Like guys are scoring a lot of points. They just don't try anymore. Well, no, I mean, you go watch Donovan Mitchell. It's like, dude, they, it, I mean, there, there were times where they're just sending up like, like straight up double teams at him and it just didn't matter. And I mean, we're talking about a guy who played 50 minutes in a game and then down the stretch in overtime, they give the ball to him and then he solo goes coast to coast and, and gets a layup over DeRozan and and he's he, he's getting putbacks, although maybe it was a little bit of a lane violation, but we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. The rule of cool. Laurie Markinen shot should have counted because it was awesome. If it's cool enough, you shouldn't even look at the replay. Just be like, that was dope. It stands. And ball that's what they lie. did. That's what they did in the in the Cavs game, and they should have. Yeah, I 
I agree. So, I, I mean, yeah, I'm totally on the board of it's just players are more talented offensively. And this is true with every single sport. It's, you yeah. know, the more a game develops, the better, you know, equipment gets and, and training gets. Players get more talented on offense. And that's the way it works for the NFL. And that's the way it works for track and every, every sport you can imagine. Right. So we have to, so we're, we're, we're going to do kind of a better than worse than here with a Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start with De'Aaron Fox. He's better that's, than De'Aaron that's, Fox. He's definitely better than De'Aaron you know Fox. What? Easy. <laughs> that, this one, this one's hard for me, you know, because I have to represent both my guys here. Look, you look at what like Mitchell's range is crazy. Like you saw him hit shots from like five. I think his first two field goals of the game were like five feet behind the three point line <laughs> yeah, in the game no, against the Bulls. I I, I just Fox think he's got have that. I don't know if Fox has quite that kind of. Uh, I don't know if he's quite the three point aficionado. Aficionado. He's crazy athletic and he's improved a lot. I think as a shooter, but. I think Mitchell still has the edge on him in that category, and and as an overall player, I I do think that uh that Mitchell's a bit better than a uh, Fox is. Sadly, well, what about uh, Tyrese Halliburton, he's better than Tyrese Halliburton. I agree. I like Tyrese Halliburton, but he's better than Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> Zion, boy, that's a tough. One. <laughs> They're very different players. I mean, that is true. I don't know, man. Zion is is kind of he's a real problem in the paint. He's such a mismatch versus everybody. It's like, would you rather have that or would you rather have somebody who maybe has a little bit different, well-rounded game? Zion is probably he's he's more rare. It's like there's only one Zion. There's yeah. I mean, not to say that there's a ton of Donovan Mitchells in the league, but there's a lot of guys who are high level three, you know, three level scores. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, I, I tend to agree that I would rather I would rather have Zion uh, on the team. I guess kind of that might be a cop out answer to who is better right now. But if I could be doing a, a big fantasy draft of all the players, I, I guess I'd rather have Zion. And I agree with Matt that he's a little bit more of a a special body type and, and yeah. someone who is. I, like I five, figured Theo, you would be. Very yep. pro, like the rare body, the Greg Russo's. And- yeah, I, I do love an old special body <laughs> type. And, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell's a special mover. I'll say that. You watch him, like, just kind of move around versus the Bulls. And Matt alluded to that fast break, uh, that, that layup he had in overtime over Jamar DeRozan. Like, he's just quicker than everybody else on the floor. Like, Donovan Mitchell's kind of a freaky athlete as well. And you could clearly see his start and stop ability, like, just the suddenness in those step backs and just kind of the the awareness and the coordination in motion to hit these shots on the move. Like Donovan Mitchell is, is a crazy athlete, but Zion Williamson is, is just a little bit different. And he's definitely, uh, he's not the score. He's not the three level score that, that Mitchell is right now, but he is just the best paint guy in the league. And because if you're that good in the paint, it's really hard to go cold when you can get buckets that are that high percentage that easily. So I think that he's going to be a bit more consistent um, and he's a bit more rare, like Matt said. So I I guess I'd say Zion, but that's a close one. That's a tough one. That's sure. a really tough if one. If I could draft one to my team, I don't know if I'm that certain I would take Zion. I really am still worried about the health stuff. I'm not yeah, taking I mean, that into account for who I think's better, but like, why? I know he's out for three weeks. What was it that he's out for? Hamstring. Hamstring. It's all lower body stuff. Right. First, it was the foot. Yeah, I'm sure most injuries are lower body stuff, though. In the NBA, it's pretty rare that you yeah. hurt your. It's not like football where you get hit in the shoulder all the time. But yeah, you're right. That is that's always the question with him, and he's out again. But I'm a big Zion fan. I, I'll, I'll I just mean, say Zion <laughs> you'd, over. You'd be kind of crazy to not be a Zion fan. I feel that's like. true. That's true. <laughs> all right, Theo. What about your guy, Devin Booker? I think that. Mitchell's a better scorer than Booker, honestly. I think he's got a bit more range. I think he's got the three-pointer. I think he's a little bit better in that area. Um, as a mid-range guy and, and inside, I think that that's a wash. I think they're very close, but I do think Mitchell's got a bit more range. But I do think that De- uh, Devin Booker has developed as a defender over the last two years and as a playmaker over the past couple of years. And I do think Booker is slightly more 
well-rounded and more equipped to be the best player or carrier team. I don't know. Uh, but I do like Booker a little bit more as a well-rounded player on, on defense and playmaking. I think scoring is close. I do give Donovan that scoring edge because of that range, but I, I do still tend to lean Booker, but that one's very close. I'm not saying like, oh, it's so obviously Booker, but I, I'd pick Booker. I think he's, I think when you look at everything, Booker's the more gifted player. Maybe not gifted, but he's better. <laughs> he's a little better. You agree with yeah, that? Yeah, I see. I see the case. I don't think their playmaking is that big of a gap. You could argue the defense, but Donovan Mitchell has been not a horrible defender before. And I do think Donovan Mitchell is actually like, at least this season has been like a considerably better score. I might go Donovan Mitchell. That's what my gut tells me. I also think that Devin Booker being so heavy, like I feel like Devin Booker, especially in the playoffs, is so hot, cold. There's a Donovan Mitchell, granted, he wasn't awesome last year, but he's had some really nice stretches. So I I think I'm going to go with Mitchell. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I I do think like, yeah, he's a better scorer and that's the most important thing. But they're also just kind of different. Booker's a bit bigger and he's just kind of a, he's, yeah, he's a bit more of a, I I feel like Mitchell's a bit more of like a combo, smaller guard type and and Mitchell's kind of, or or Booker's a little bit more of like, and playing the wing. Cause so they're a bit different. And like when it comes to maybe comparing them in like kind of athletic buckets, maybe Mitchell is a bit better in his bucket than Booker is. And and I think you could maybe put like Tatum in that, in that kind of conversation with Booker and Booker maybe not, doesn't rank quite as highly in his respective Would no. you, do you disagree with that? <laughs> Tatum Tatum's and the Booker in the Tatum bucket? Would they would you call them both kind of like wing type or I guess Tatum's just a forward. Booker's not re- like like the gap like the gap in defense between Booker and Tatum is is wide. I mean Jason Tatum is probably one of the best 15-20 defenders in the NBA. I mean he's really high level and when you call like, yeah, you can put Booker at the three, but Tatum is like an actual, actual wing to me. Yeah, I guess it's kind of in between. If you're like, of, if you're like going to put him in a line, I guess it kind of goes like Booker to, or Mitchell to Booker to Tatum, kind of maybe in a getting a little bit bigger type of line. I don't know. I don't know. It, maybe that was a stupid thing to say, but they are, they are kind of different body types. And I guess Booker's kind of role lends itself to defense and is maybe a little bit more important to Booker's role. Uh, yeah, no, Book, Booker's yeah. taller and that helps you for defense. I don't disagree right. with that. It's like, you know, the most important thing for defense, you could argue. Yeah. But um, I'd still I, I think, take I think Booker, Tatum though. clears in every category. Oh, yeah, obviously. And yeah, I yeah. Think, Tatum's, yeah. I'm not, I don't think, oh, yeah, I'm not saying Booker, Tatum's obviously better than Booker. Like, I'm not, I'm just saying, like, I'm trying, trying to see where I should categorize these three in terms of, like, the roles, but you're right that Tatum's a bit different. Small guard, bigger. big guard, and wing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's how I right. would put it. Give me the big guard, sure. dude. No one wants a little guard. Big guard. Dude's <laughs> playing big ball, and I don't want a forward either. What is this? The '90s? It's all guards now. Uh, so biggest yeah, guard give, wins. Yeah, give me Ben Simmons at center. Mm-hmm. Biggest and, guard uh, is. <laughs> give me the biggest guard, and uh, that's the best player. Anyway, I would take Booker. Yeah. I'm on the whole side. It doesn't Fair make enough. any sense. I feel like this one might be another tough one. Shea Gilgis Alexander. <laughs> I feel like Shea's arguments are kind of similar to the arguments you made for Devin Booker being better, but Shea, they're like better. Like I think <laughs> Shea is the better defender, and I think Shea is maybe, maybe about a comparable playmaker. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Shea's putting up, okay, Shea's putting up like 30 yeah, right like now 30, with better defense and probably moves the ball a little bit better. But he's on, you know, he's on a garbage team, so I don't think anybody would like the take. Didn't they just Shea drop, they, they just dropped like 150. So like. Yeah, without him. <laughs> <laughs> with so, the they're not a, so they're not a garbage team. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> they're actually better without him. That. Is that what that means? He's this year's John Morant. Ah, 
I like Shea more. I don't care. You look at some of the numbers he's putting up and like just how dominant he's been as a guard, like some of the efficiency stuff we haven't seen since like Michael Jordan. And um, yeah, he, he, to me, we had a whole conversation about him earlier in the year and kind of a whole episode where we talked about kind of the MVP candidates and, and I said, like, he's got to be up there. And I, I think that he's kind of doing a more for his team. And I know they just dropped 150. It's an amazing game that we'll talk about. But yeah, I, I like SGA a bit more than Mitchell, but it's close. I do think, once again, Mitchell's the better scorer here. Like Matt said, it's a lot like the Booker argument. But I, I, I don't do know. Think- it's pretty darn close, honestly. I mean, from just a number perspective, they're about equal. I would rather have Shea, too. He's taller. He's better at defense. He's probably a little bit better of a playmaker. His scoring is, you know, 30 points a game. You know, I'm I'm, I'm taking Shea here. You're right that numbers-wise they're equal, but, like, when you look at what Donovan Mitchell just did and, like, how he was scoring and, like, kind of the step-back threes, I guess I don't – Shea is, like, historically dominant in in the paint and he could really get downhill and score like that. So this is kind of a ball don't stop type of take right here. Okay. I, can get down I do. Th- that. I do think D- Mitchell is a better scorer in terms of like his bag, but you know it doesn't really matter how they get on the board as long as they're getting on the board. Has he tweened and, and whatnot though? Yeah, yeah. Booker, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mitchell's got the hezy tween. I saw a lot of hezy tween from him in the in the and always have right the, from the moment he entered the league. He's been pretty electric. So I think that he's got a deeper bag, but I would take Shay. So bag Twitter. Okay. Sorry, sorry. I'm. Not that I'm a, bros, a bag Twitter bashing, person. Bros but I'm, bashing my Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm not bashing them. No, they rule. No, no, man. Like you, it's, it's okay. They do rule. I'm mad. Just disappointed. Last one. John Morant. Joel Most Morant. <laughs> Joel Most. Matt, I'll let you start. <laughs> Will you? I'll take John Morant. Ah, boy. That's a really hard one. John Morant's another level, man. He really is. Athletically, He's, yeah. it's Yeah, someone with his athleticism who can move the ball like that. And I know maybe the out, the outside game is not what Mitchell's is. So maybe that's the argument against him. But, um, you know, you've kind of seen that up and down progress from, from Morant. And uh, there's, a, well, the, the, the Grizzlies win without him. But I'm sorry, <laughs> you can't convince me that John Morant is not a good player because his team is also good within its own right. Right cry about it i don't care <laughs> cope <laughs> no i i think if you were going to argue that like zion being a rare body type makes him is one of the things that makes him better than donovan then i think you can say the same thing for jaw with his rare athleticism and burst and explosiveness kind of can be the thing that i don't pushes know him over the edge. i don't I know that, i think that mitchell's better right now i think that like i think there is going to get a point where jaw overtakes him and has a crazy Maybe like a really crazy take. efficient season, but as it stands right now, I, I don't think Jara John Morant <laughs> is offering more value than Donovan Mitchell in their current forms and with their current like scoring potential right now. So I I would prefer Ja on my team, which is kind of same for Zion. So maybe yeah. I should take him and keep my logic consistent, but I. I do think that um, Mitchell's the better player, right? right yeah, I now. can get down with that. I agree. I mean, when it, uh, in, you know, at the point it gets to the playoffs and you have a three-level scorer like Mitchell, it's right. arguably the most important thing. Okay, I right? Agree. Like John Moran, yeah, I agree the, John Moran's ceiling is higher. I don't think there's any question about that. John Moran's three-point percentage has been. I mean, he's shooting like low thirties in the majority yeah. of his career. Like he's just not quite the. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm writing the off the value. high. Do you remember at the start of this season, he was like, he had a couple of games where he went crazy from the perimeter. People were like, is it going to be like this forever? And I'm like, it's not. But we yeah, can dream, though. He's, his, his game score chart kind of is going almost a little bit down this year, but that's because he started at such a ridiculously high spot to begin with. I love Ja. I think that he's like the most exciting player in the league with the highest the highest highs. And I think there will be a season one day where, where John Morant gets better than, than Donovan Mitchell. But right now I would take Mitchell. So that's where I'd have everyone stack up in the better than Mitchell conversation. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Donovan is the only 
player to have like more than 25 points and also shoot 40% from three. Yeah, he's been ridiculous off the charts. Good. He's been like, that's crazy. He's he's a crazy (laughs) scorer, man. And people got so low on him. And I think there's a lesson to be learned with the Rudy Gobert trade. And that is (laughs) if you have the choice to trade your kingdom for a crazy scorer or a post defender that's 30, you should choose the 26 year old crazy scorer. Um, and not give the exact same deal for, or maybe not the exact same deal, but like there's, they're, and it's, they're it's pretty a case comparable, by, man. They're pretty, they're, they're pretty, pretty comparable. darn comparable. It was close. It was very close. The, the, the jazz definitely got two Godfather deals. One is for a 26 year old, like crazy three level scorer on a contract that is making less money over the next four years than Michael Porter jr versus a guy who is a generational post defender, but that's about it, who is older and on a more expensive deal by $30 million. Like the Timberwolves should not have given up that much for Gobert if this was the market price for Mitchell. Because didn't the Mitchell deal happen? What deal happened first? Now I'm I'm misremembering. Uh, Yeah, I thought the Gobert Gobert deal happened first. Well, then... You should have waited for the Mitchell deal because they they're not as valuable as each other in assets, and that was a mistake. And if there's ever a situation like the Jazz with a generational post defender or a great three level scorer on the same team, and they hate each other, and there's going to be a fire scale ever again, if you find yourself in that position, go with the 26 year old three level scorer and not the post offender for future, any little kids who are going to be GMs in the future. Listen to my words and think, think about this when you, when you take, when you, unless unless of course the league changes, unless of course the league changes and (laughs) in, in the next 30 years, all of a sudden the post offender becomes the most valuable asset in basketball. Yeah. Unless, unless they bring back, I don't know. I don't know what would have to happen would, unless the unless league like, gets really <laughs> short. Unless the average everyone gets really short in the future, and you can trade for your seven foot uh, center, then uh, yeah, then do that. But if that doesn't happen, just 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 take the, the playmaker. Yeah, but let's talk about some guys that could win the most valuable player award. Um, you know, last we talked, there was you know Luca, who is obviously still having you know, his generational season, but, you know, Giannis just had his career high in points. Where is he right now in this MVP conversation? I said Luca last time, and I, I still think it's Luca. I think when you look at the roster around Luca, it's the worst one. His usage rate is the highest of his whole career right now. His points per shot attempt is the highest of his whole career right now by a decent margin. The guy is just, I mean, 60 and 20. And what was the other, what was the last number in that stat line? It was like 60, 20, 10. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. That's a stupid stat line. I think that's of all the crazy stat lines that have been dropped. I think that's still the absolute most nuts one and the best game from the last week or so. Yeah. I, I just, you look at the rest of that Mavs team. This just reminds me of like LeBron's Cavs, where there's just no, there's just no chance that they actually win the whole thing. And Luca is just the the guy that can carry you to the Western Conference Finals, like just kind of by himself, like a team that wouldn't sniff. Would would it be almost a lock to be in the lottery with a replacement level player? Uh, so I, I I think that he's the MVP. I think that he's having just a an alien from outer space type of season right now. Giannis is also having an amazing season, but I don't even know if it's like kind of the best of, and it gets a little bit rough when you start comparing him to himself. Right. But it's, I don't think it's his best season, even in the last couple of years when he's won those MVPs. So for him to, I, I don't want to even say a down season cause it's not really a down season. I just don't think it's quite like his other MVPs and you almost, it almost feels like you kind of have to top what you did in the past when someone is like Luke is doing what Luke is doing. And then Jokic is also in the conversation again. And so is Embiid. but I would, I would give it to Luca right now. I just think that, like I said, alien from outer space, carrying truly, truly carrying a bad roster. And I think when you think about like 
the most valuable player. I kind of think like biggest carry job. And to me, that's, that's going to Luca, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's a fair argument. I mean, you've got, I mean, it's not been narrowed down at all. The field's usually more narrowed down than this. It's just not. And Curry's also like in seven, the Yeah, Curry too. Curry and Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum. Yeah. I mean, good Lord, it's it's everybody at this point. All of them are in it. But when you you take a look kind of at everybody's, you know, everybody's roster and what they're they're doing. I mean, Luca probably has some of the most impressive averages and compared he doesn't have a real second star and his team is right by all the other teams. That would be the argument for him at the moment and I think I think that's right. The problem is is that the you know, what's what's the gap right now between Golden State who is the 9 seed and Dallas who's the 4? It's two games. You're right. still so right. early and it. it's like you kind of have to see where teams end up landing. And, you know, some of these guys are probably going to get banged up and some of these teams are probably going to fall off or they're going to pull away a little bit or that type of stuff. So I think it's really early. If you want to say any of those eight guys in particular uh, to whoever's listening, whichever one's your favorite is the one that I actually think should be MVP. <laughs> I agree with you. But <laughs> yeah, as of right now, I think Luca maybe has the slightest of slight edges, but then you could... In a week, you could check in, and all of a sudden, he could be the the you know, and the play ins or whatever. And then it gets it's tough, it's tough. But if all things equal, considering his team and and what he's doing and his usage rate, I, I probably would go look at the moment too. I agree. W, W. Bladen, do you have a take? Do you have Other an MVP? That it should go to the Baker Mayfield comparison. <laughs> Luca, um, Luca. No, it, it, it's Luca. I mean. Yeah, I, I can't add on anything that you guys haven't already said. You know, Giannis is great. Embiid's great. You know, t- like, you know, you, you want to throw Bron Bron in there, like whatever. <laughs> no. <laughs> sadly, sadly I, I don't know if I want to do that. You, you, you don't want to throw the 16 and 21 LA Lakers. Hey, into he's the going cra- he's been going crazy recently. That is absolutely for sure. Um but no, I, it's it's Luca. The team is not nearly up to to the level that they should be in in playoff contention, and yet he is. How good, how high willing. would the Lakers have to finish for a Bron Bron MVP? <laughs> <laughs> the one seed, <laughs> the one seed. No, really, I I don't know. Because. Um, it's I not happening. But no, it's not. It's happening, not. Oh, not I, this season. If they, I don't think if they were the last, if they were the last spot in the play, they avoided the play-ins. They were the sixth seed. I still don't know if that would be enough. If they were the last spot, if they were a top four seed, then I think you could get maybe a decent Bron Bron delegation. Uh, if they were yeah. a top, if they ended up being a top four seed in the West, and it, and Davis like remained hurt and on and and LeBron was playing like he has over the past like couple games. Then maybe you could get it, but that would that would be pretty pretty heroic to get him there. Do you yeah, have any yeah. the top the top ten MVP candidates are one by Vegas, at least the bet the Vegas Insider uh, website. It's Luca one, Giannis two, Tatum three, Jokic four, KD five, Embiid six, seven Ja Morant, eight is Donovan Mitchell, nine is Curry, ten is Zion, and then Booker and Lillard. Then you start getting into some really, really long odds. So those are your top 10. That sounds about right. But yeah, I don't, I don't have too much of a problem with that. The Nets have been crazy over the last. I was kind of looking at you know, what they've been doing recently. Firing Steve Nash, that seems to have been the right move. They are both over the last two weeks. They are number one in points per possession, both on offense and on defense, which is pretty crazy. And KD is playing like some of the best basketball of his entire career. I think I saw a stat that he's got the best effective field goal or yeah, whatever effective field goal percentage of a 30 point a game score ever is. I think I, the stat that I heard something like that, uh, that guy is being an alien as he so often is, but yeah, the nets have had a complete turnaround. And uh, I guess maybe that's a question to pose before we start to talk about some other things is, do you think they can keep this up and, and win the East if win the finals do you think that's that's on the horizon yeah they're real contenders i think so whether or not they can actually 
Like, are they going to keep up being the number one offense and defense? No. No. No, they're not. Are they going to be serious contenders? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's four serious contenders in the East right now, possibly five, and it's Cavs, Nets, Bucks, Celtics, and maybe if you want to throw the 76ers in there, although I'm not, I'm not we'll see. sitting, you know, I'm, I like the 76ers. I like the guys on the 76ers, but at a point, they never really put it together. I mean, and like I'll, if they came out of the East, I would be pretty surprised to be completely honest with you. But I mean, what are they? They're like the three seed or something or they're up there. So maybe, maybe that's negative of me, but I just think the injuries are, are so yeah, likely to I get mean, to them. Okay. So there's five, there's five. Okay. But I think the nets are totally, totally serious. I mean, they've got two guys who perform really well in the playoffs. They're playing high level basketball. Their defensive personnel is really not that bad at all. Their shooting is, is, is really fantastic. I mean, you've got, you got a lot of guys on there finally playing within their role. This is why, and and this is this is the new take I get from the Nets. Is like, if you've got the talent on your team and it's not working out, blowing it up is maybe not always the best option. And this is kind of how I feel about the Timberwolves. I've seen some people be like, "Oh, well, they need to sell before it's too late, dude." This team should be better than it is for the record. Like they have serious, but like there's no reason why they should not be a solid playoff team for sure. It is a problem within the Timberwolves, not a talent thing. So I do think the Nets will keep it up, though. I don't think it's that much of a fluke. Although you look at their schedule over the last 11, it's pretty good. I mean, it's let's look. I feel like I have Hornets, Hawks, Pacers, Wizards, Raptors, Pistons, Warriors, Bucks, (laughs) Cavs, Hawks, Hornets, Spurs. A lot of terrible teams. That's not that strong. But I mean, look, is there anything more you can do than be the number one offense and number one defense? No. No. Obviously, it means they're still great. I think there's probably a little bit of it that's like, yeah, we've been playing a very nice schedule. You get to play the Hornets twice in any stretch. You're in good shape. Um, (laughs) Come on, Matt. So maybe have more hope. Have more hope than that. Yeah, it's it's just the truth. But I I think this is definitely a lesson (laughs) in patience. Be a little bit more patient. Coaching matters more than I think people realize, including myself. Um, LeBron kind of ruined that, I think. You know, with with his run, and everyone's like, "Oh well, Le Coach and Le GM," and everyone's like, "Well, if you just have really great players, they can actually negate any level of bad coaching." But that was just LeBron being God mode in Cleveland, and and you're just never. I don't think we're ever going to see it's, it's it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things, but I mean, the Cavs had to switch coaches to get to the final to win the finals when they had LeBron. That's true. Yeah, That's Ben true. Simmons has been markedly better as of late, which you can tell because you haven't heard anything about him on Twitter recently. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's been and he's been good. He's been like you look at his numbers this season, and they're actually just all pretty good across the board since about uh, like maybe mid November. He's been on a pretty solid like streak of trending upwards so if you got him you know that that ups your defensive ceiling significantly and if he's kind of playing like himself and and you know at least been a good uh option on offense in the paint which he has been and you've got Kyrie and KD around him like this is kind of always what it was supposed to look like yeah let's obliterate some horrible teams right and let's be tough against the good ones and i like unless Simmons completely collapses again and Kyrie leaves or gets suspended or something happens. That's just like from a reality TV show. Yeah. I I don't see any reason why these nets shouldn't, shouldn't be like very real contenders. This is a team that's not all that different than the one that almost went to the NBA finals. If KD wore a shoe size, that was a little bit smaller and didn't have hockey sticks for feet. So yeah, I, I, I definitely think they get their contenders right now. And yeah, they, they, I think, I don't know if they deserve, <laughs> I don't know how much credit they deserve for patience because it kind of feels like they traded hard in a way and it kind of feels like they were very close to blowing things up and maybe just couldn't find the right offer. But I'm sure they're glad that they didn't right now. And I think that that'll pay yeah. off. And like I said, I, if you give something unlimited time, it'll always get a little bit like eventually things will get figured out. It's just a question on if it's worth it to wait that long. And when you've got this much talent on a team, it is. And we've talked about the Timberwolves and the Gobert trade a little and how that was dumber than the... I think the Nets are a team that I would like to see do something at the deadline. I don't know what that is. 
but I'd like to see them. Their bench is already pretty good, though, honestly. They're a little bit deeper of a team than maybe people realize because um, they get so much attention for the Stars and there's so much attention about them trading away all those role players. Although, in the Harden trade, when they traded away all their all those role players, it was just Allen that was the mistake. I think uh, Dinwiddie and, and Lavert were whatever, but... I don't know. They've got they've got the picks to do it from the 76ers. If there's something available, I would be aggressive if I were the Nets for sure. Yeah, get really scary. Get really scary. Um might as well. That's what they've done. <laughs> they have a good shot at making moves. Like, yeah. Yeah, go get Harden back. Um Ben Simmons for Harden. Who says no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, we were talking a, a little bit about how the Warriors are, you know, only you know, kind of two games away from where Dallas is right now. And Clay Thompson is another one of those, another guy that had just an absolutely crazy performance. Warriors are missing Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins. They put up 143 on the Hawks and in, on the back of Clay's 50, 54 point game. Good God, man. Yep. He well, can still shoot it sometimes. At, at the moment, they're surviving the uh, the the Curry injury. I mean, they've got like four or five straight at this point. Right. Ultimately, their problem comes down to their core players are still their core players. As far as Clay goes, he's honestly pretty close to what he was. You take out those first ten games where he's really struggling, he's been pretty good. Um, I I think that. If I'm them, maybe I'm exploring stuff at the deadline, but their big problem is just their bench got decimated and it's really young. And I think Kaminga and Moody are going to be good. I think Wiseman probably will not be good at this point. Um, but who knows? But it's just going to take time. And, and whether or not they'll be ready for the playoffs is probably the question. How much they, how aggressive they need to be at the deadline is probably the question. But the Warriors are, will probably end up getting through this, whether it's this year or next year. Luxury tax is a bitch. It gets you sometimes. This is prime example of that. If they had Gary Payton and Otto Porter right now, we wouldn't even be talking about them. They'd be so boring and good. <laughs> I tend to agree with that. I mean, it's pretty proven. I mean, they won the finals last year, so that's not exactly a, a, a hot right. take. Clay took 39 shots <laughs> in that last game. That's a lot of shots oh, yeah. for Clay at this point in his career. Yeah. Um, only made two free throws. He's obviously not someone who's going to be like taking it to the rack, but just a, a jump shot masterclass, I guess. And he's still capable of that. I, he's obviously not going to be the mover that he once was. Clay Thompson himself would tell you that. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's someone who over the last couple of weeks, his usage rate has really shot up after since, since uh, Curry's injury and has responded pretty well to it. And he had that kind of rant to Charles Barkley and, you know, like saying like, of course, I'm not the guy I was. I've suffered two horrible injuries. Like, give me a little right. bit of time here. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know what else to say about it other than like, yeah, as time has gone on, is he ever going to be like prime Clay Thompson again? Like, no, and that's okay. He's older. He's had a lot of injuries, but right. you know, still someone who's very useful and a, and a good shot. So yeah, I, I, I don't think the, the Warriors, like they're, they're definitely handling Curry's absence better than I thought they would. I thought they could be like, Really, get, really, really bad. I mean, look um, who they played over the past five games. It's like Memphis and Charlotte. Well, Memphis is an amazing I, yeah, yeah. team. <clears throat> the they, Knicks are good. Uh, Philly's good. Milwaukee's good. Boston's good. That's who they, they played. played you just see Charlotte in that stretch, and you're like, damn, Charlotte. they played nobody. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> what a horrible team. Oh, my God. Oh, Such, one game against Charlotte is like the equivalent of a stretch against uh, five playoff teams, sadly. <laughs> it's, uh, whatever, man. I, I can't believe them. But yeah, I, I think the Warriors will end up being okay. It's another team. I'm they they have very much earned patience. And I think their bench being bad is like I didn't predict it, but that's honestly like my fault because looking back on it, maybe it's hindsight twenty twenty, but like, yeah, of course it was going to be not great. Great in, franchises in 
great franchises will figure it out. You look at it, the NFL right now with like the Steelers when it looks like it was a lost season. They yeah. come back and and all of a sudden, like very real chance they make the playoffs. The Packers, that's a historic franchise. You you know, the standard is the standard, right? That's what they say. And the standard's the standard. Even in a be- season where everything looks bad, they still can like con- figure it out on the fly enough during the season and get into a groove enough where all of a sudden when you're in basically so very good chance to make the playoffs and you know great franchises across all sports it's probably the same and the warriors same thing like they got off to a slow start their ceiling isn't as high as it used to be but um yeah they're still a a formidable culture they've got formidable coaching and they've still got some some wily old vets who can who can squeeze out some wins and and drop some 54 point performances so yeah. they they kind of remind me of the steelers and the packers this year a little bit and uh, yeah, and uh, this this scenario, Rashawn Gary is Steph Curry, by the way. So <laughs> <laughs> something like that, something like that. Rashawn Gary is the Steph Curry of the NBA, and the Packers You're are sorry. the Warriors of the NBA, uh, for sure. Except the Packers <laughs> didn't win the Super Bowl last year. Um, no, they didn't. But you know, it's never going to be a perfect comparison. True. They'll win True. it this year, though. They, oh, it'll be oh, reversed. I'm sure. I'm it's sure. reversed. The Warriors won it last year. It'll be they'll each get one title in the last two seasons, yeah, I mean, and then it'll be a perfect comparison. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I want to talk about the Thunder. I want to talk about the Thunder. The hundred and. 150 pointer that they dropped that's got to be the best win of the whole year right to go in against the best team in basketball without, without your star your and drop 150 i don't care what team you are that's like there hasn't been a more impressive regular season game than that man and i think that if they won the paul george trade if they just like made some decent picks they were always going to be good right that's it's it they're going to be good very soon here i think and the kind of arc to being a good team and a bad team is, you know, you're horrible, right? There's no flashes. There's nothing. And then there starts to be kind of flashes of what the future could look like. And then eventually you get to that point where those flashes are just all the time. And then you're a contender, right? And then when you get older, you get back into the flashes zone. Like maybe that's the warriors right now. Like sometimes there are flashes of what used to be with them this season, like even like their flashes of the their form last season or or you know during their you know dynasty, but I, I think we're kind of in that flashes stage for maybe Golden State going forward, unless they can conjure something else in the next couple of years, um, like some miracle. But right now, the Oklahoma City is in the flashes stage going up, and eventually, and you kind of see in games like this what they're going to be. And in this game, they. They're always a t- team that takes it to the paint a lot. That's SGA's big calling card, I think, is like getting to the basket, like probably the best guard in the league at it this season. But in the game without him, they got to the rim more than in any other game this season. It was a season-high percentage of shots taken at the rim. And they did this against the most physical team in basketball, the most physical defense in basketball, the Celtics. And they just kind of beat them up. Like, that's how physical they were. They were just getting yeah. to the rim. They had 14 steals. Like, they, they took them. They took it to them. They took it to them. They, they were missing their star player. And they were on a little bit of a losing streak. And everybody locked in. And they just took a big old bat and beat the Celtics <laughs> over the head with it. Like, it was crazy. They also made 23s, which is always yeah. good. But there wasn't much mid-range. Oh. They, weren't, they weren't relying on mid-range jumpers. This was like the pure... How every nerd wants you to play basketball is layups and three pointers. And sometimes you just get hot like this and they've got a good mindset and they're good at developing talent. And I, they're, they're very solidly on the way up. And I feel very confident that they're going to be a good team next year. And, you know, we talked about them, like, could they be the worst team in the league? Could they be in the Wembenyama or Scoot Henderson conversation and add another guy like that? I don't even know if they need another guy like that. Like the bones are there right now. And, and, they have rightfully kind of graduated past the bottom feeders in the league. I think their culture is good enough. Their so, mentality is good enough and their players are good enough that they're, they're kind of on the way up. And, and I think I'd add some, look to add some more consistent free agents because they're relying a lot. I was about to on, ask like, what, what would be the one thing that you need? Like, cause if it's not a star, you can either, well, you can either package a bunch of like the Trey Manns of the world and the, Isaiah Joe's of the world and a bunch of all the picks that you have and try to jumpstart this thing with, you know, who knows who, right. Some, some star, like what the Timberwolves did with Gobert or what the, what the 
probably more like what the Cavs, you'd hope more like yeah. what the Cavs did with Donovan Mitchell. You could do that. And with Shea and Giddy and, and Holmgren next year and one other star, you could probably get pretty good right away. You probably could. Or you could try to let this, you could keep your assets and try to grow this thing as you've been growing it because the GM has shown that he can acquire you know, pretty good players and, and hit on a Obviously, we don't know about Chet yet, and that might be the biggest thing of all of this. But, like, I, I kind of think that you it, – it always depends on the deal. Who knows who will be there? You know, if you can make the move, I think you're pretty much a lock to contend, and that's always a pretty intriguing conversation. But, like, honestly, I think they're on just such a natural growth pattern up. It's like, let's bring in some vets – who know how to win and and because they just don't really have many on this team it's so young that's like bringing a couple vets who are a bit more maybe consistent on defense or you know consistently physical maybe they've they're they've got that grown man dad strength they need some dads on that team all right they need some fathers uh with kids <laughs> to feed and uh an arrangement they, they need desmond ritter they need desmond <laughs> they need desmond ritter on that team a wily veteran like desmond ritter um <laughs> They need some dads on that team, and I think then you're you're going to be able to take this thing to a more consistent level because uh, I think you see it sometimes, but they're a bit too young, and and obviously you're not going to jettison off all the young talent. But I think you need to once you kind of infuse some leadership in there, you're going to be able to see stuff like this um, kind of night in and night out. So I I think that's kind of where I'm at with this team is is it's it's time to start making some free agent moves. It's a, it you got younger, you know, you were the youngest team ever. You had all these picks. You're drafting guys who are you, – you got picks from 2027, guys who are fourth graders right now. You're really <laughs> young. You, now you're, you're going to be kind of mid this year, right? They're not going to be amazing or terrible. So you're at this midpoint. You need to kind of turn it up a notch, like bring some, bring some dads in here, bring some vets. It's time to not be the youngest team. It's time to start, start getting older and, and start trying to contend. That's kind of where I'm at with this team. I really like them. I really like where they're at. That's a good place to be at. Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately the big trade is going to come. They're not going to draft all these draft picks. Right, Everybody right, knows right. that. The thing to keep in mind, though, is that it's not going to be that the Thunder get where they need to be, and then they just are like, well, we're going to go make the big move now. It's going to be the Thunder can make their big move at any time at this point, right. and they're going to wait for the correct move to be open. The majority of these... We're going to trade four picks and three pick swaps. The majority of those trades do not work. And if they do work, it's because the team is in the right situation. And if they, or, or, you know, it's a move like Donovan Mitchell where the right guy becomes available. Forcing something like that would be a mistake. So if I'm the Thunder, yeah, you can explore free agency. Now I think that's totally valid. You don't really need a tank anymore. Although, I mean, they, they'll still have at least some odds at getting a top four pick. I mean, I don't know what I could go on tankathon and check and. Right now, they would have a about thirty percent chance at a top four pick, so they're still bad enough to where they're they're seriously playing. and And this is a good year to try to have one of those picks, considering how deep the draft class is, not just the top couple of guys. But yeah, after this year, I'd agree. If you want to go ahead and start going for the playoffs, and just you know keep an eye out for who knows, guy like Luca, other stars that might get <laughs> that mad. Would be all, that would be crazy. That, that would be. It's pretty far off in the future, but the Mavs would event, are eventually going to have to figure out how to do something. But the Thunder will have the advantage of they can go make a move for any star player they want and not decimate their own team so much that they are not a contending team. So anybody right. who is getting frustrated with their situation, they can be like, here's a ridiculous package you can't get from anybody else. And also, it's not going to hurt our roster that much. But that move has to become available. Donovan Mitchell was a good move last year for the Cavs. It became available at just the right time for them. I don't think that move would have really made sense for the Thunder at the time. I don't think so either. Um, so it's, it's, I'm not going to be mad at them for not making the big trade until there is a trade where I'm like, they should have done that. Right, right. That's, what, that's what's so hard right now because it's tough to know. The NBA offseason is just... It's like a simulated thing. Like mm-hmm. literally some random shit can happen where someone like, right. it's, it's tough to say that nothing can happen. But like right now you wouldn't want to like, just be like, Oh, who's mad? Who's uh, Zach Levine? Let's get you. We'll go get, he's the best. <laughs> he's the most, he's the best. Right. That, that right would now. be a mistake. Right. Trading a bunch of picks for Zach Levine. That just because not- he's the best guy. So that's kind of what I'm saying is like this off season tanking's over. I think that's kind of the main thing. And I think that's kind of what the 150 point performance kind of tells me is, against the Celtics is like, like 
you are good enough where you can start to think about like we're not the rebuild is is underway it's going well i think sga is as as developed like i wouldn't say no one thought he oh, would plans but it's best, are the it's expectation best, yeah, yeah. it's it's best that's case where scenario. they are so so that's just kind of what it is. You, you need some. You, it's time to start getting some vets, whether that be a trade or free agency. It's time to start getting some vets. It's tough to say like, oh, they should do this and this and this this offseason because who knows? Maybe John Morant will get mad at the Grizzlies or something like that. Won't happen, but maybe yeah. you, it could. <laughs> who knows? It's it's such a it's such a crazy league. So maybe um, Lamelo gets mad at the Hornets here. Yeah, this team kind of feels like probable. maybe the Jets or the Lions a little bit. They're maybe like the Lions last year, like yeah, the Lions like, finished with yeah. last year, like five five wins or they had. I mean, they had the third, yeah, like second three. overall. They're a little they, bit better than that, but they are on kind of like the same path. I, I I do see the vision with that. Yeah, like you could start to see it a little bit. That everyone liked them. They were playing tough for the coach, and you know they're right. doing all the trick plays, and occasionally there'd be a really good stretch where they they looked really good and they ended with the second overall pick and it was fine like who knows what the thunder will add but you can you can kind of tell you can kind of sense when a team is ready to start winning and you could kind of tell that with the lions last year where it's like okay this team is even though they finished they even though they finished with the second worst record in the whole league last year everyone was optimistic about them and no one was optimistic about like the Texans, right? Because you could just tell that they're in different spots, yeah. even though it was the, you know, the second and third overall pick or whatever it was. So you, you sometimes you could just tell like when a team is ready to take a leap. You can really tell that with the Thunder right now. And uh, yeah, don't be afraid to to aggressively pursue any good opportunities that that arise. But don't they've got the flexibility. That's what's so great about them is they've got picks for so long that they could say. We don't need our windows not right now, or not all, not all of our assets are right now. So, right. yeah, I I love it. I thought that was a you know pretty pretty st- pretty good performance. I think it was the best of the whole year. I think no one no <laughs> it <was> one pretty good. <laughs> I don't think it gets any better than than a fr- franchise best against the best team in the league without your best player, like by far your best player. Like it just does not get any more impressive than that, unless you're. Unless I don't, I can't even envision a scenario where it would be. <laughs> you drop 160 points, I guess. You did the same circumstances, but 170 yeah. possibly. 100, oh, maybe even a 100, 180. I mean, there's just but there's no number higher than that. Like there's no. <laughs> that's as high as I could possibly fathom. That's the highest number that my brain can even count to. But yeah, I agree. I agree with your takes on the thunder. Yeah. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> what's that? What's that TikTok song? Hooray! Never letting, never letting a white boy. Yeah, can't Never letting my white friend record my highlights again. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> he agrees. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I don't have anything else. If you guys don't, <laughs> have you any any musings you've had lately, Matt? Any thoughts? Don't. <laughs> you, yeah, I you know have, what you're you getting have, at. You have a poem for us today. Man. I don't want to. I don't want. I, I have no poems. <laughs> I have no muse. If I did have musings, I would post them somewhere where I would not get Dance bullied for, for talking Dan- about Dance the same <laughs> thing every <laughs> single day. Any thoughts? Any new revelations on the twelve team playoff? <laughs> nope. They're still awful and the worst thing in the world. <laughs> My favorite comment. I saw was I wish someone <laughs> cared about me as much as Matt cared about. I've, ha- I've seen that <laughs> comment one hundred times. It's the top comment every time. It's okay. I love it's that. Com- I love I, that. I, I, I don't. Someone said, well, "Why are you so obsessed?" I don't know. I don't. It's like I don't care that much. Of, like I care, but I don't care that much about it. It's just that like I can explain it ten thousand times, and the top comment will still be somebody being like. So you don't like football because you want there to be not as many football games? Why is that? It's a it's it's a fruitless effort. I should give up. I mean, it already happened. Not that me saying anything was going to change nah, whether man. or not they did it. You, but can, you, you can change it. I believe in you. We're going to storm the gates of the NCAA, I promise. <laughs> we're going to cause an yeah. insurrection. At NCAA headquarters in... Uh, in, I don't even uh, know where the NCAA headquarters. I don't think there are. I don't think that exists. <laughs> uh, what but else? yeah, 
Okay. Okay. That's uh, so I don't have anyone. Okay. That's fine. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. We appreciate your listening. Your uh, attentive ears, or if you're watching on YouTube, your attentive eyes as well. But thank you all so much. We'll be back with some more content here very soon. And as always, from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.